Preparation for the End Time Lesson 9 End Time Deceptions The Grandest Deception When the disciples asked Jesus, When? When will be the destruction of the temple? When will be the end of the world? Jesus doesn't answer with a year, but with signs. And the first, his very first sentence is, be careful so that no one deceives you. That's the first sentence. Be careful, be aware of deceptions. Now, what is the grandest deception? There are so many deceptions in the end time, but which one is the grandest? We have a look at 2 Corinthians 11, and there, verse 14. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? An angel of light. He's an angel of darkness, but he masquerades as an angel of light. So, what is the grandest deception? The grandest deception is Satan making himself invisible. So that people think, Satan, who's dead? He doesn't exist. That's the best for him. That people think he doesn't even exist. Because then it's easy for him to manipulate them. They don't know that he even exists. So the grandest of all deceptions is Satan's cleverness to become invisible. Most of the people think, ah, doesn't exist. The Word of God tells us very clearly that he exists. Yeah, he is the one, he is the really one, who has to, be, has to be blamed for all the negative atmosphere on this planet. So he is real. He does exist. That's our problem. Now, in a war, when there is an army, and here is an army, and then they start sending their weapons to and fro. You know, there is the enemy. There is the enemy. The problem is, in a war where you do not see the enemy, for example, when there are partisans, for example, a group of soldiers, those who have conquered the state, they pass by on a path in the field. Some peasants are there. 
working in the fields. And when the soldiers have passed by, showing their backs towards the peasants, suddenly you hear brrrr, and the soldiers are dead. What happened? These peasants working in the fields were soldiers hidden as peasants. They, they looked like peasants in the reality. They had their guns there to shoot. But they had no uniforms. They had the dresses of peasants. And this is so difficult. If you do not see the enemy, you, you do not know how to, to fight against it. You're helpless. And that's Satan's tactic. He masquerades as an angel of light. Therefore Jesus said, take care so that no one deceives you. The two great errors. We've heard that the devil masquerades as angel of the light. He's clever. And he tries to be invisible. So that people think, Satan doesn't exist. That's the best for him. The very best. But the Bible opens the real picture. The curtain is lifted. You can look behind and then you see, ah, there he is. What did Jesus say? Be careful that you are not deceived. And the devil is described in Revelation 12 as the one who deceives the world. And when he is captured in Revelation 20, it's written, the devil who deceived the world. So that's, his def that's the definition about him. Deceptions, deceptions, deceptions. He wants to deceive, going on to deceive, going on to deceive. That, that's, that's the devil. Now, in the book, The Great Controversy between Light and Darkness, Alan G. White had a lot of visions, and her eyes were opened for the invisible world. So the curtain was lifted. She could see behind the scenes. And on page 588 in the book, The Great Controversy, she writes the following. Through the two great errors. First, the immortality of the soul. Second, and Sunday sacredness. Satan will bring the people under his deceptions. Two errors. So he brings the people under his deceptions. Imagine there's a test in school. Mathematics. And afterwards, 
two pupils. They have a small dog. Uh, for for this for this one uh, example, uh, wh what was the outcome? Wh what have you got there? Ah, I've got the same. Hooray! We've got the same. Does it help when it's wrong that you've got the same? You've just made the same mistake. So the two great errors, immortality of the soul and Sunday sacredness are errors which many Christian denominations have in common. They have the same errors. And they are happy. Oh, we are in harmony. We have the same, the same dogmas. Yeah, but they are wrong. What does this help then? What's going on here? While the immortality of the soul lays the foundation of spiritualism, Mortality of the soul, spiritualism. And Sunday sacredness creates a bond of sympathy with Rome. You see? Sympathy with Rome. Now the Protestants of the United States will be foremost in stretching their hands across the Gulf to grasp the hand of Spiritualism. They will reach over the abyss to clasp hands with the Roman power. This was written more than 100 years ago. And when this was written, no one could ever foresee such a development. And many people said, crazy, simple crazy. Two years ago, we could see it on television. On television. Under the influence of this threefold union, the United States will follow in the steps of Rome in trampling on the rights of conscience. Sunday law. That is future. That is deception. The immortality of the soul. The concept of immortality of the soul can be found by the Greek philosophers, but you cannot find it in the Bible. But it was taken over by the Romans in their heathen religion, and when the Roman Catholic Church was found, then they took over this Greek philosophy into their religious thinking, and so it came into the so-called Christian church. But it's not biblical. The reformer Martin Luther, Luther, he discovered this at once. And he said, well, that's something which was born in the Roman Catholic Church, but not in the Bible. But because of this immortality of the soul, this false concept, there's the next concept, if you cannot die, of course, if you are lost, then you will live in hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So this is the conclusion, isn't it? And that's wrong. Either you live forever and ever and ever and ever, or you vanish. 
That's what the Bible says. Now some texts. King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 9 verses 5 and 6 For the living know that they will die. But the dead, what do they know? Nothing. They have no further reward. And even the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will I have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Gone. The dead know nothing. Now in the Psalms, we have some interesting texts, as we can find here. In Psalm 115, verse 17. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to silence. Silence. That's the kingdom of the dead. Silence is there. Simply silence. Another text in the Psalms, Psalm 146, and there verse 4. And there we find, I start from verse 3, Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. So the concept of the immortality of the soul is something you find in Greek philosophy, in Roman philosophy, in Roman religion, in Roman Catholic religion, and in many other Christian religion groups, but not in the Bible. So the origin, the original, that's the truth. The other developments, error. And we are told because of the immortality of the soul, because of this false concept, and the false concept of the false Sabbath, the Sunday, these two false theories will lead to destruction for this planet. Therefore, Jesus said, be careful so that no one deceives you. Watch out. Have a look at the truth. Here you have the original. Here you can compare what is truth, what is error. Sabbath and the theory of evolution. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Because in six days, God has made the heavens and the earth and everything that's in it. This is a horror for the devil every seventh day. Remembering that God has made the heavens and the earth. Catastrophe for the hell. Now, about 170 years ago, something was invented 
against this creation. Evolution. What is evolution? In autumn, when you come to an orchard, you see all the fruit trees, for example, an apple tree, the apples are ripe, now a storm comes, and the apples whoosh, are blown to the ground. And they are arranged by chance. The wind blows, they fall down. Then you come to an apple tree, and there you see, and it's interesting, the apples around this tree, they are formed in a line. And this line looks like a big heart around the apple tree. What do you know then? <laughs> it was not the wind, of course. Someone has arranged this order. Clear, or? Someone has made it in this way. It's not made by chance. The same is when we have letters in this box, a play for children and adults, and we throw out these letters, put them here, How are they arranged now? By chance. Many of them are upside down. You have to put them first into the right position that you can see which letter it is. So and what is the next thing you have to do? You have to arrange. You have to put letters together to see ah, this and this and this. This is a combination. And at the end, you can see, ah, that's a word. And when someone reads it, you can say, yeah, ah, I know. This is something. So, what is chance by chance? Accidentally, just somewhere. And then it needs a spirit, which brings a system into this chaos. You need someone to arrange it. And the same we have in creation. There is a wise creator who brings everything in a system. Otherwise it would be chaos. Have you ever seen that chaos develops itself by chance into a system of order? For example, you were in a hurry, had no time, you left the kitchen, poor. Nobody will see it, I hope. Chaotic, but I have to go. I will do it when I come home. And then when I come home, I hope, ah, maybe this chaos has made itself into a fine arrangement. The kitchen is clean and tidy and everything is, it's the cupboards are in the, Cupboard and so on and so on. Will it happen? Ah, of course we need time, don't we? So maybe you wait one day, ten days, one year, one hundred years. Ah, you won't get so old, I think. Will in one thousand years 
your kitchen be clean and tidy, just by chance? Never! I can guarantee that. Only if someone who loves you comes by and arranges everything so that it is neat and tidy. Someone who brings order into the cars. In Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3, we read, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That's the truth. And that's the error. That's the lie of the one who wants to deceive us. Whom do you trust? The counterfeit trinity. We know the words of Jesus Christ. He told his disciples at the end before he went to heaven, the Great Commission, go everywhere and baptize in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The three. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now if the dragon, Satan, is one who is going to deceive, maybe he has this trinity in a false way, a counterfeit trinity. Of course he has. In chapter 12 of Revelation, we see the dragon. We can see him here in the background. Here is the dragon. And so he is the one who manipulates in the background. He is the boss. In the real Trinity, the Father. And here, Satan. Now we go on to the Son. What is the counterfeit? In Revelation 13, there is a seven-headed leopard coming out of the sea. And interestingly enough, one of his seven heads is deadly wounded. Here we see it. The blood tickles down here. Deadly wounded. Deadly wounded. But the wound will be healed. Remember, Jesus was crucified, resurrected. Do you see the counterfeit? Interesting. So this animal, this beast, is counterfeit for the sun. It represents the papacy, of course. Because we see in Revelation 13 how this power persecutes the holy ones. Now the third person in this concept. In Revelation 13 there is another beast coming out of the earth now. Not of the sea, but of the earth. That's different now. 
and it looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. The dragon is in behind. Now, what is the speciality of the Holy Ghost? In Acts chapter 2, we read that when the day of Pentecost had come, the Holy Ghost was poured out on the disciples, on the apostles. And it was like fire, which was on the, on the heads of them. Like fire, it came down. Fire from heaven. Now, let's have a look at the third counterfeit of the Trinity. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a tra dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on, its, on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of man. Isn't that interesting? In comparison to Jesus, a deadly wound. In comparison to the Holy Ghost, fire falls from heaven. The dragon, Satan, the seven-headed leopard, papacy, and the beast out of the earth, United States of America, these three form the counterfeit trinity. The dragon is the boss of this world, and he takes the two superpowers out of the religious world, the papacy, and out of the political world, the United States. And these two are linked, put together, united, and with these two powers, the dragon wants to reign on this planet. What did Jesus say? Be careful that you are not deceived. Summary. What have we learned during this week? Jesus said, be careful. There's someone who wants to deceive you. And what is so the, the top, the grandest of all deceptions? And this is that the dragon, Satan, makes the people believe that he doesn't really exist. That's the grandest of all deceptions. That he says, if the people think that I do not exist, then I can then manipulate them easily. And it happens like this. Most of the people think he does not exist, and then they work for him without knowing it. There are two great errors Ellen White was informed by God. 
The false Greek concept of the Greek philosophy of the immortality of the soul and the false Sabbath. These two great errors are two false concepts you find in nearly all of the Christian denominations. And they are happy to have found something which is in harmony. But what a pity. Both concepts are not in the Bible. They are false concepts. They are deceived. We understand. Jesus said, be careful that you are not deceived. There's someone who wants to deceive you. And because of the creation, which is so, 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 so everywhere around you, you, there is creation, this planet, creation. And the Sabbath command, every seventh day, remember to keep it holy, because he made everything. Therefore, Sunday. Keep it holy. He does not just throw away a day. So don't care about any day. Another day instead. That's the deceiving concept. And when we have a look at this counterfeit trinity, and that's a highlight of a false concept. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the dragon develops another trinity, a counterfeit trinity. Dragon, Satan, the ten are uh, the seven headed leopard, whose one head is deadly wounded, papacy, and the lamb like beast, fire, falls down from heaven like the Holy Ghost, with these two, the devil wants to reign this world. Because one power, the papacy, is the superpower in religious affairs. So the, the highlight. And the other power is the superpower in political affairs, the United States of America. So he takes the two strongest, most powerful elements he can use. Two superpowers. He uses the most powerful elements. That's the dragon. He doesn't work with weak elements. And therefore, deception can happen so easily. The devil is clever. And therefore Jesus warns us, says, have a close look. Be careful that you are not deceived. Look into my word so that you are not deceived.